0: This is John Creasy from the Open Door Presbyterian Church here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thanks for listening into our podcast. It's been uh, a while since I put one out there. It's been a busy uh, start to the summer. Lots of good things happening at um, Garfield Community Farm and through our church. Uh, but that's kept me from being able to put podcasts out there. So I'm glad I'm, I'm getting this one to you. Sorry if this is the main way that you connect with us. Um, or if you'd been planning on listening in um, in the past few weeks and haven't been able to. Today's sermon is from this past Sunday, June 3rd, and Reverend Cheryl Kellop, my co-pastor, delivers this one. I think you will enjoy it and get something uh, good out of it. I'm leaving the um, announcements in the podcast this week. Usually I don't um, include those in the audio, but I'm going to go ahead and leave the announcements in. There's, there's some good, good things happening. So I wanted to leave these here for you. So here we go. Thank you. Um, we have just a
1: few announcements. Um, uh, Keep in mind that, well, if you pick up a bulletin, which you should, um, and keep in mind the things on the back, our all church retreat is in October. Mark your calendars now. Um, It's gonna be at Lutherland, which offers a lot of different activities and and ways to be together and be in community. I'm looking forward to that. Um, And then this summer, we're offering a couple opportunities to uh, deepen relationships our sessions and deacons got together and talked about the values that we hold and the values we want to focus in the new year and one of them was uh, developing deeper relationships with one another and so we're, we're working on that through uh, Sunday summer lunches starting July 10th uh, we're going to gather after church and and go to someone's home or to a restaurant and and be together if uh, You can find out more on the events page on our website, but our first one is going to be hosted by the Colliers, July 10th, um, and you're invited to bring a side or a drink or a dessert. Um, Moving Mondays, so on Mondays, the next day after that, if you're like, oh, I got to get more of this, come the next day too, that evening, to Morningside to to, uh, 1736 Jancy Street, which uh, I'll invite Rebecca forward to um, talk about that.
2: Good morning, church family Good morning. Um, so if you're new to seeing this new building task force, I'm sure it like it's a little bit uh, Confusing we're not looking at building a new building. We are not um, Making any extreme steps here, but the address that Cheryl shared with you is actually a church building from the Methodist Lutheran um, Community in Pittsburgh and we have an opportunity as the open door they want to gift it to us like gift us a building um, This is not something that we take lightly. We've been a church without a building for a very long time. Many of you join this community because we have a farm, we don't have a building. Um, And we are taking this very slow. We are entering a discernment process of what this might look like for us as a community. Um, We'll be having some prayer walks to go and see the space and to kind of adjust to that. And then we will make this decision not as session, not as deacons, but as a community, um, if that feels like a good fit for us. We are starting a building task force, which is what you see on the announcement. What that means is we've taken, um, asked some professionals um, in our community, my husband Tom Berna is one of them, who are going to join this task force to answer the nitty gritty questions. What does this mean financially? What kind of work would this building? Um, need I can say that like the roof doesn't leak and it's really beautiful Um, I've been there it's a little triggering it really looks like a church Um, (laughs) but if if we decide to own this space we we can change things Uh, we can make it our own and we're pretty good at doing that as a community wherever we go Um, so that task force is made up of Professionals and church members that really know the open door well and also have skills in building and assessing specifics of what that might look like, what that might cost for us as a community um, financially. And yeah, so they're going to get together, going to answer some questions for us. We'll be presenting those to the community. And um, like I said, we're taking this slow. If you have any questions, feel free to. Come to me, I'm a member of session, an elder here at the open door. Also, any deacons and elders, if you guys can raise your hands. Um, these people can answer questions related to this. Um, and John and Cheryl as well. So um, it's exciting, it's nerve-wracking, um, all kinds of things. Um, no right or wrong way to feel, we just wanted to share that stuff
1: with you guys. Yes. It's uh 1736 Jancy Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on the back for the movie. So that's where we'll meet, and we will pray over the space and move together um, on Mondays for that. I have one other announcement that I, I forgot to put in is uh this Friday is the Valley View food pantry. So if you were wanting to volunteer, it's from uh 10 a.m. to You could deliver food at four, but mostly the work is done between uh, noonish and two, I would say. So um, uh, feel free to uh, pop by Valley View uh, to fill boxes um, for the local food pantry. Listen to the word of
3: God. John 10, 11 through 18. I am a good shepherd.
1: friends uh, those who got a mirror um, and adults if later you guys want a mirror we have plenty so you don't have to worry uh, like like Lola's little mirror that she kept looking in and then eventually saw the, the little chick um, I'm gonna tell you at different parts of the sermon things I want you to do with that mirror so pay attention our second uh, scripture comes from first John the epistle 3:16 through 24. Listen for the word of the Lord. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help? Little children, let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and truth. And by this, we will know that we are from the truth and will will reassure our hearts before him. Whenever our hearts condemn us, for God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, in our hearts, do not condemn us. We have boldness before God and we receive from him whatever he ask, we ask because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment that we should believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another, just as he has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him and he abides in them. And by this, we know that we abide; he abides in us by the spirit that he has given us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear God, we give you thanks for inviting us into your story, your story of life, of sacrifice, of hope. God, give us the capacity to see the ways you are calling us to new life, to new ways of loving, even when it feels wooly and wild and unsure. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The metaphor of God, or in the New Testament, Jesus as shepherd, is a beloved one. We, I can't name how many times I've done a sheep or shepherd, shepherd craft with little kids or myself as a little kid in church. Um, we have Psalm 23, or we have our uh, our gospel lesson. I am the good shepherd. Um, we. We love it so much that in the revised Common Lectionary, there is traditionally a Good Shepherd Sunday where we really reflect on that metaphor. I find it interesting that this remains a beloved image and metaphor for God. One, because most of us are hardly ever exposed to actual shepherds in our lives. Maybe, just maybe we, we know somebody who has sheep or um, but we don't we're never exposed to people actually taking sheep into wilderness uh, territory for grazing. Secondly, I find it funny that we love this image of God because it doesn't just speak to who God is, it speaks to who we are. And if you've spent any time around livestock, you would know that these animals are not raised for their cognitive abilities. In other, way, in other words, most livestock I've encountered are, have the intelligence of rocks. In South Dakota, a sheep farmer once told me that there was a, if there was a way that a sheep could kill itself, it would. You could have a beautiful, luxurious pasture, and there's a two inch puddle, and it'll drown itself. The Good Shepherd metaphor reveals our propensity for self destruction and for wandering away from truth and goodness. The Good Shepherd has much to do, not just has to do with who God is, but who we are. For this reason, I, I love this book, The Sheep That Hatched an Egg, by Gima Marino, that Jen read. Lola has this inclination to always look at herself, to be worried about the way her hair looks, and to admire herself. But things changed when she was shorn. The thing she thought made her special was taken away. She just wanted things then to return to the way it was. But it didn't grow back long, straight, and luxurious. It grew back curly and wild. Her hair was so wild and fluffy she didn't even know an egg fell on her. That egg found warmth and a resting spot in Lola's fur and eventually hatched. Lola loved that bird and took care of that bird and eventually said goodbye. You see, her wild, curly hair that she loathed actually gave her the ability to care for another. For her to know the blessing of caring for that life. In our gospel reading, Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd. What does that mean exactly? Well, to Jesus, it means that he would step in front of a fierce, hungry wolf to save a sheep that Jesus would put his life on the line so we could know truth and trust in God. Then we have our epistle reading, which doesn't reference the Good Shepherd, but, but does describe what the Good Shepherd exactly means to us. In 1 John, the author is living in this post-resurrected world and figuring out what it means to be church and, and to follow Jesus in, in community. And 1 John 3.16 reads, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. While we tend to want to be focused on the superficial or the things that are only skin deep, Jesus' life teaches us there's goodness and life in self-sacrifice, that love and life can be found in serving others. That's indeed the reason why I love this storybook. We all tend to want to t- spend time looking in the mirror, only concerned with our own worries and lives, and there, there is life and goodness in loving others. Now, worrying about, about your own hair isn't a sin. Uh, Maybe other preachers will tell you that, but if it is, then I'm the chief of all sinners. Have you seen how many different colors my hair has been in the past year? But I do think we all have the propensity for finding distractions in our lives that keep us from one another. You see, Lola couldn't see what was actually really special about her or the way she was capable of love because she was worried about her hair. I believe God, God wants us all to know we are loved and special and wonderfully made, for it is hard to love others when we don't believe that truth ourselves. We take the love that is freely given to us and we give it away. We are called to care for one another. So friends who have a little mirror, um, I invite you on the front of your mirror to think of things, not that you can see in the mirror, but things that are not seen that make you particularly lovable. Maybe it's you're courageous or brave. Maybe it's your kind. Maybe it's you're adventurous. There is things that are really special about you, and if you can't think of any, you can ask an adult, or if you're not a speller, you can ask an adult to write it for you. Um, But I want you to know the most important thing is that you're loved, and the front of that mirror to say that. This is, um, we all want to take, tend to, want to spend our time looking in the looking glass. We only concerned with our own worries and our lives, but there is life and goodness in loving others. Loving others and moving outside our own needs isn't easy. That's new. It doesn't feel natural to serve and love others. Lola couldn't imagine the blessing that would come in this other life that she was so afraid of. All she saw at first was the sacrifice, what she was losing. Have you ever helped a friend move? And I specifically use that because I become more bitter when I've helped people move. (laughs) Um, Or volunteered your time at church over the weekends or in the evening, or given a large amount of money to an important cause. And we do these selfless asks, and there's there's a little tinge of annoyance, and maybe bitterness. We all went, why am I giving up all my time and my money when I can be doing things for myself. Maybe that's not you, maybe that's just me, but turning away from that mirror or our own self-interest doesn't feel comfortable or easy. Yet sometimes we might just find life in those acts. We might feel the joy of helping a friend or the church or an important charity. We might find life beyond ourselves that is, in fact, grander than what we can see in a mirror. You see, Lola couldn't imagine a world with messy wool, but there was life in that. And for in verse 17, Jesus says he lays down his life to take it up again to take it up again. The message is that the act of serving others and loving the silly, misguided sheep is actually a source of life, not the end of it. And we are to follow the way of the Good Shepherd. To give our lives is to find it. In the final verses of our gospel lesson, there's there's some verses that we might miss, but I wanted to emphasize. Jesus says, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, I have power to take it up again. Jesus is making it clear, he's making a choice. He is choosing to love and put down his life for us. Yes, God directed him in that way, but he is making this choice, and no one else is making it for him. I think this is an important part of this passage. We all have a choice. Self-sacrifice should never be something that is forced upon us. Some have accepted abuse and exploitation and neglect because they think that's the way of Jesus, that we have to accept that. But that is not what God wants for God's people. No, God is not forcing this way of humility on us, but is giving us a holy invitation to choose love. And we should never expect that sort of sacrifice from others. So friends, I'm asking you, who or what is God calling you to love? Where is God calling you to sit in the discomfort or give or make time that feels like a sacrifice but might in fact be the life you were always called to? The choice to choose love does not come easily or feel very natural because it involves trust. It involves moving into the unknown. While we get caught up in what we're losing, God is inviting us to something new. This is our choice. And are we going to choose our own self-interest or are we going to choose the way of the Good Shepherd, the way of love? I don't know about you, but the news constantly has me tempted to turn away and focus on my own self-interest. There's a real impulse inside me to be like Lola staring at myself in the mirror, worrying about how my hair looks like wanting not to worry about all the suffering around me, a creation crying out for help. What we we thought was settled is now unsettled, and there may be new changes ahead. And then we're hearing the story of people who look like me and grew, grew up in towns much like my hometown, who chose violence and lies instead of respectful discourse. How do we love others in a world like that, when it feels like it's hard enough to trust your neighbors, let alone love and care for them? I've been asking myself this question a lot the past two weeks, and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stepping out and loving feels like stepping out in front of hungry wolves. I think of the quote, Um, from the Disney movie Raya and the Last Dragon maybe the kids know this one someone has just tricked Susu who's the last dragon and Raya says to her the world has changed you can't trust anyone anymore and Susu replies maybe the world has changed because you stopped trusting people maybe in our time this way we start loving people in indeed indeed and in truth is starting to trust maybe the mirror we're tempted to look into is one of apathy for the world around us maybe we are called to start fighting for community the kingdom of god a community that respects difference but does not tolerate exploitation and harm to others. We don't need to go to the cross. To choose love here and now, we need to start spending time with others, listening. I don't know if that's the Holy Spirit or (laughs) what's going on
0: here.
1: We need to start spending time, I'm gonna say it again, maybe the Holy Spirit wants to hear that again, Uh, spending time with others listening and sitting around tables and dreaming about a better future. Because I'm sick of looking at what's broken. It involves moving away from the echo chamber of internet platforms and spending time in our physical, actual communities in all its beauty and awkwardness. To choose love, we need to stop putting ourselves and our story at the center of everything and listen and have hard but transformative conversations. So brothers and sisters, this is your choice. Are you going to choose the way of the Good Shepherd? Are you going to choose to stop putting yourself at the center of the story and ignoring those who are hurting? Are you going to choose to listen? I'm not going to lie. It's a hard choice. A choice we have to be committed to every day. A choice that doesn't feel natural. For this choice leads us into the unknown. We have no idea how or when we will experience new life, truth, and goodness, but we do know God goes with us. We know the good shepherd has gone before us and will be with us. So why don't we turn, put down the mirrors of apathy? For while we may prefer the long, straight, luxurious hair, there is beauty and life in the mess. Life in our country feels really messy right now, and we would rather explain it all away or find people to blame, but the loving choice right now is to enter the mess
2: and to find a way towards
0: new life. Amen. Thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. Um, if you're interested in our church and somehow you've stumbled upon this podcast and would like to join us in person, um, check out our website pghopendoor.net. You can get all the info you need, including um, info on how to how to join us live on Zoom, and of course how to join us live in person. Thanks a lot, and have a great and blessed week.